0: The late eighties. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television. And to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before.
1: This is Patrick. It's a podcast where my friend Pat O'Rourke introduces me to Star Trek. Yeah. I'm Patrick Winnegar yeah. <laughs> I have never seen Star Trek before. Well, I've seen the 2009 movie.
0: Okay, which doesn't um, doesn't doesn't
1: count. It doesn't count. No,
0: uh, what JJ has done with the series has made it something completely different. Oh, which is fine, but. We're talking next generation. So we're talking next generation,
1: and apparently what I know about Star Trek is something that doesn't matter (laughs) and is completely different from everything that we're talking about. So we're starting with episode one of The Next Generation, Encounter at Farpoint. What we're going to do in this series is I'm going to talk to Pat about what I just saw and give him my honest opinions, and he's going to try to convert me into really liking Star Trek as much as he does, because I'm not going to lie to you. Man, this first season, it's kind of rough. <laughs> oh, dude. It's rough around the edges. It's a little
0: rough. Uh, it, it gets better. Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, to me, like, seasons four and five are, are really strong.
1: Four seasons. and five?
0: Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's how two, long? two is good. That's two how long? three. Four and five, though, it's like, oh it's, God. it's on fire.
1: It's not bad. It's just, this show is so weird. <laughs> the whole time I was watching this, I was just like, if there wasn't a series that came before this that, you know, is... A cultural touchstone. Yeah, this never would have been made.
0: Right, right. There was trust in the ability to build the universe. Right, right. It also, as far as like production is concerned, it didn't have very much budget. Uh, didn't it? It wasn't as supported as you would think. Like they did go to every network and pitch it, and none of the networks bought it. So it uh, went to Paramount, and so it was like the most. But it was one of the most populate, popular, popular uh, syndicated shows. Yeah, but it wasn't actually made by a network. It was it was made for syndication.
1: I, I forget what what series was it on. I mean, what uh, network?
0: Well, it was um, it was bought by Paramount. This is where I need to make sure to declare: I am not an expert. I'm an enthusiast. Okay, uh, and I also there's no internet right now, so this is all coming yeah coming from the noggin of stuff I've read. <laughs>
1: yeah, so anyone <laughs> anyone that's listening to this, uh, we're we're not able to look anything up because there's <laughs> no internet in the studio. So anything that we say, we are. Are either trying to remember or pulling out of our ass, right, right, right. So,
0: so anyway, uh, this
1: this came out in September of 1987. Yep, just for context. Yep. Um, that that's what we're looking at. We're looking at 1987 effects. Right. 1987
0: writing <laughs> yeah well network or er, like television storytelling certainly yeah. because this is also a time where you wouldn't binge watch things so the yep. whole story had to be told in one, in one
1: episode and, and that's also kind of how Star Trek works I think just yeah. from what little I know about it yeah, is that it's, it's like Doctor Who basically we're yeah. like this one weird thing happens in one episode and they got to deal with it and you know it, it still happens in one universe but it's like it never happened in the next one,
0: right? Right. Or they might make reference to it right. casually. But oh yeah, it's
1: like oh, remember that time that that interdimensional being showed <laughs> up? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was busy talking about Klingons over here and like messing with the warp drive, but I totally forgot oh. that uh, that time that that God showed up on our bridge and made us. You're talking about Q. I'm talking about Q. Uh, yeah. So, so I guess sh- we should get into this episode. Yeah, we should. Encounter at Farpoint. Yep, it is about ninety minutes long. It is weird as hell, and I don't know. I got a lot of questions about it because, again, I've never seen Star Trek. Right, <laughs> I am kind of going in this. This is the first time I've seen it, uh, and it's very strange. <laughs> so they kind of start off like introducing the characters, which makes sense because it's the first episode. Um, and I guess that, yeah, these people had never been seen before because this is what, uh, 40 years after the original series. Right.
0: Right. These, this is a completely new cast. Yeah. Uh, and every once in a while you will see throughout spoiler alert, I guess, but some overlap between the original series and next generation character, but it's the
1: same ship. Uh, right. yeah, but a different, but it looks for, different.
0: Yeah. It's an updated version. There's several versions of it. And I don't remember off the top of my head, which one I want to say, this is like the sixth one. By the time you're done with next generation, we'll, we'll have gone through several other versions of the enterprise. Like they go and they update it along the way. Oh, okay. To keep up with modern styles and trends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Starts off the enterprise They're they're going to some place called denim Four, mm-hmm. And it's like at the edge of the galaxy. And Picard is, like, doing his Captain's Log thing, which I I, I think William Shatner did, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like, they're keeping that narrative yeah. framing device. Mm-hmm. And Captain Picard, obviously French name, is British for some reason. That's never really explained. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's because now Earth is, like, one nation. Okay. Yeah. Our Earth... I don't, Do you want me to get into this? Because this has to do with that post-apocalyptic part that happens later. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that but, when, like, so when what I get... The phases yeah. of what Earth has gone through since, you know, our time. Okay. Uh, is, that's that's what explains okay. why his accent doesn't necessarily match his upbringing. Because they do cut to his childhood and stuff, and he's in, like... Yeah, I, I,
1: for- I saw a couple episodes later where, like, he sees a vision of his grandmother, and she is speaking French, and there's mm-hmm. some point where Data's like, oh, French is an extinct language. It's like, okay, well, why does his grandmother speak French? If accents don't really matter anymore, how come there was a very Scottish man in the original series? (laughs) Apparently Scotland, which is, let's be honest, not all that super different from England. They keep all that, you know, Scottish accent stuff and separate culture. But France is apparently not a thing
0: anymore. I I don't know.
1: (laughs) It makes no sense. Anyway, Captain Picard is British. Yeah. and And,
0: uh my moral compass okay captain picard is an amazing character all right he's my favorite
1: captain okay so anyway i just want to give a preliminary apology to both scottish people (laughs) and nerds i'm sorry i don't know anything about both of those things so i'm just kind of shooting from the hip here Mm -hmm. anyway captain picard is like we got to go to denim four um that's at the edge of the galaxy they have some shit that we want i don't yeah. know they they need to talk to these people at the edge of the galaxy so uh they're going there and they get stopped by this weird uh 1987 cgi grid uh and this like foppish weirdo in a pirate outfit shows up on board and he's like talking
0: shakespeare to everybody and no one knows what's going on no you see oh, cuz that's q that's q and so q q is part of this like a collective of beings that are omnipotent. They think that um, humans live for like a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, so to him. Uh he was trying to communicate with Captain Picard the last time he checked in on what a captain was. So he was okay. a captain of like a fifteen hundreds vessel. Oh. And then he updates himself at one point. Yeah, minute. he
1: updates himself to like a fifties guy and he talks about yeah, like killing World the War commies. Two,
0: yeah. Well see, he's going through American history. This All right. is what he th- these are the times he's checked in on okay. humans, so this is what he knew. And so Picard's
1: like, Well, we haven't done that nonsense for a long time. Right, uh, right. Uh, uh, and, Since World War Three. Right. Since World War Three. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was like a a huge nuclear war. Oh, my God. Okay,
1: so anyway, he messes with people. He, like, puts a force field on the elevator, and uh, he's like, humans are basically animals. They're stupid. I hate them. And Picard is arguing with him, and then Q changes into this dude that he looks like he's wearing a sleeping bag with, like, an Illuminati symbol on him. Right. And I'm pretty sure he,
0: like, does a bump of Coke. He, like, puts something in his nose. Yes. And... No one mentions that he mentions it because so in so post World War Three, okay. we lived in this like post apocalyptic kind of society where um uh like think warlords and tribes and that okay. kind of stuff yeah uh, and the the people who kept it together wore that black outfit that Q changes into okay um to uh, they those he just like the mention secure, that they control the their arm armies address. with yeah. drugs and they use those drugs yeah. okay
1: all right. Yeah. All right, so that makes sense. And mm-hmm. then he's like, Picard is like, I'm going to prove to you that, you know, humans are good. And so Q's like, all right, it's a great idea. I'm going to put you on trial. Yeah. And <laughs> then he just leaves. And everyone's just like, oh, well, that was weird. Uh, well, let's keep going to Den of Four. And they're trying to escape, like, the sphere that I guess Q came from. Mm-hmm. And it goes through, like, this six-minute sequence where the Enterprise, like, has to split the saucer part, Uh, From the rest, which is, I guess, like where the weapons and shit are. And it, I'm not going to lie to you, man. This part was awful. It was like six or
0: eight minutes long. Awful. It was so boring. They're showing off. Okay. 1987. Okay. They're showing off like this amazing new spacecraft and how it has like a battle section. They're showing you the ship and how the ship works. Okay. So so, you have that for reference later. So the ship can divide into two parts because there are like. That never happened in the original series. You know what? This is where I, I don't know. I'm not a big original series fan. Oh, you know? okay. I I don't think so. I know it's a big deal every time it happens in the next generation. They keep doing this? Oh, yeah, dude. For yeah. like six minutes. <laughs> no, no. They're I like, mean, we're going to
1: separate the ship again. No, but it's it's one of their <laughs> tactical just, things because okay. then you
0: have the one with the women and children that they got to defend. Right, and then yeah. you have the one that can shoot lasers and stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, it took forever. And it was, it was pretty boring. And I think you were saying earlier uh, before we started the show yeah. that um
0: they had to make it 90 minutes right I, that was a request i believe from paramount so when they could sell it like they could sell it in like a movie slot did they, they ever do, like, do that premiere yeah it was like a big premiere around it. it it was watched by like again no internet here but i want to say like uh 17 million people i guess something. that would it be a big, big deal like that'd release. be like star yeah.
1: wars coming back again
0: yeah, yeah exactly uh, with like a new cast and stuff a lot of people did expect it to fail Oh really? Right. Uh, Patrick uh, Stewart was saying on an interview on The Nerdist how he did it is because his agent's like it's a six season contract is what they signed, yeah. but this show is not going to make it more than one season, so don't worry about it and just collect the payday. Move to L- use this as your chance to move to L A. because he was already right. like an accomplished stage actor um, in London. The fact that it stayed around that long and they're all locked <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> into it these ended contracts up being like
1: the defining moment of his career right. and the careers of like all these other people oh, that were yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, you think
0: about it, Professor X is John Luke Picard, just right. in, a, in yeah. a wheelchair.
1: Anyway, the Enterprise splits in half, whatever, uh, but Q teleports them anyway to this weird like Thunderdome thing, which is the post-atomic horror we were talking about. Yeah. So the dudes in the sleeping bag show up, uh, they're doing cocaine, they're like firing machine guns into the air, uh, there's a bunch of people wearing rugs and stuff. <laughs> uh, Q comes out dressed like a cardinal, or like a like Oxford University dean or something. I I don't know. I guess he's a judge. He's like a judge in our future, their past. Right. And he submits them to the type of justice that went on on Earth after the apocalypse. Yes. So that's the whole point of this. He's like, I'm going to use your own shitty justice system against you to prove that you're bad.
0: In a time where the justice system was pretty screwed up. Yeah, he,
1: he mentions that like the only ethos that they had was kill all the lawyers right which is pretty messed up but also kind of funny well they were that,
0: both quoting shakespeare at the time right isn't that yeah i, I think yeah. yeah i think he's like to uh, quote shakespeare right yeah who i love has stood the test of time
1: i mean right, he's yeah. lasted
0: a really long time at this point. yeah a Q
1: apparently knows all about it yes uh <laughs> so we learned some things in this part
0: wait yeah we do
1: Uh, Tasha Yar had a really bad childhood. She mentions like having to escape rape gangs and stuff.
0: Yeah, her home planet is uh, is not one to be messed with. They go to it a few times throughout the series. Wait,
1: so there's humans on all these different planets, not just Earth.
0: Yeah, there's humans on different planets, but there's also other humanoid creatures. We all have a common ancestor who explored the galaxy. Okay, see, I had questions about that too because
1: people on Denim Four, which we'll get into in a second, uh, look exactly like humans but are apparently so. Tasha Yar is a human, like from Earth, human.
0: I don't, I think she might, I don't know. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, I think she, but she was definitely not raised on earth.
1: Right. Yeah. But she's like not an alien. I don't believe so. Okay. Again, no internet. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And I know later
0: because all the nerd friends of mine are screaming, but later I know we meet her sister who, who is not human. So I'm not that's where I'm a little confused, but I don't know how if they were just sisters coming up. This right. is what I wish. I had yeah, the if they're like blood sisters or something. Yeah. Okay, so her sister shows up later.
1: She loves the Federation and you know she yells at Q. She's like, you know, these people save me. The Federation is great. And Picard is really trying to say, look, humans are pretty bad. Or they were, but we we've changed. You gotta yeah. believe us that we've changed. There this fight breaks out and Q basically lets him go. But he's like I'm going to put you to the test and they they show it back on the battle bridge. Yep. We're 30 minutes into the show at this point. No one has gone to Denim before. No, It has like the the entire point that they mentioned at the beginning for this mission hasn't happened. We haven't even been there. So finally, and the, the second act starts at the beginning of the mission that they were supposed to be doing. Right. Why is this 90 minutes long? Why this is there are two separate storylines that have nothing to do with each other.
0: Well, no, no, that's not true. They they
1: No, they kind of tie it together at the end. They but, take
0: their time, but I don't want I don't want to spoil it until you get there. All right. Uh, but it makes sense. It's I mean, it's 1987 pacing, man. Ah, oh, man. Okay. A lot of still camera shots. Yeah, there <laughs> the are. The camera does not move there much are. in 1987.
1: There are. And this is This is something that has like bothered me as I've been watching these few episodes. There's a constant hum in the background. The entire time. Is there really? Yeah. If you wa anytime they're on the Enterprise, it's like in the background all oh, right. the yeah. time. Which I guess like there's a lot of devices and stuff. And it's very hard sci-fi where they have to explain. It's not like Star Wars, where like, oh, we need to warp. We're just gonna go somewhere where ships right. are just things narrative devices that get you to other places with star trek it's like oh we're going to show you exactly how the ship works right and it's very technical yeah so there's like all these devices are on in the background it it kind of puts me to sleep like when (laughs) with the hum i mean that that noise specifically it's very soothing it is as i'm trying to listen to this dialogue like oh man it's a 90 minute show there's this constant ambient noise in the background they're talking about like I think you so, might have just
0: found the success of Star Trek. Is it, Yeah, like that might be why it's so popular is because I watch it all the time to fall asleep because I've now seen it so many times where I'll like pop on a random episode or an episode I like and like nap to it. So uh, you're saying
1: that this show is great because you can nap to it. Well, I'll say that's part of it. This is what you're it. trying to sell me on.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's one of an additional benefit okay. is that you can nap to it as well. Uh, and feel rejuvenated by the end, as well as have exciting dreams <laughs> about humanoid looking aliens. All right. Well, some of them are not humanoid looking at all. But again, th- in this episode, you're absolutely right. Everyone just looks like a human. Yeah. Right? No matter what planet we're on. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, speaking of, uh, so we end up on uh, Denim 4. Yeah. And Commander Riker who I thought had a beard. I I'd always thought he had a beard. I guess he doesn't in this episode. Not in season 1. Okay. So he's talking to this guy named Groppler Zorn, uh, which is a dumbass name. I'm sorry. That name is dumb. He's talking to this alien who looks like a human named Groppler Zorn about how weird that's like, oh, the station is really cool, but like your whole city's made out of mud. Mm-hmm. Like you know, how did that happen? And He asked for fruit or something, and he's like, oh, well, you know, you got bananas here. I'd really like an apple. And then an apple just appears out of nowhere. So Riker thinks that this is weird. (laughs) And he then goes to, like, this future mall uh, that's somewhere on the station, and he meets uh, Dr. Crusher and her son, who sucks. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I hate Wesley.
0: (laughs) Uh, You are not alone uh, in that judgment. Yeah. uh, He's a pretty debated character. Okay,
1: well... Anyway, they talk to each other about it. Um, you know, it's weird that there's all this stuff that we want that appears out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So anything, any wish that they have appears out of nowhere. And then uh, Jordy LaForge, uh, yeah. who's the guy from Reading Rainbow, mm-hmm. uh, he summons Riker to the ship. Uh, Picard and Riker, like, they talk to each other. Picard fills them in on the queue scenario, and ship goes to that fucking eight minute sequence where it reattaches (laughs) again. And Riker is like talking to Picard about how like, I'm never going to let you get in danger. You're going to have to listen to me. You know, I'm your first mate and you know, you got to stay on the ship. You can't put yourself in danger. So they're setting up like this relationship where, you know, I'm assuming Picard is going to be putting himself in danger for the rest (laughs) of the series. (laughs)
0: Yes. And Riker will not like that. No. Yeah uh Wrecker will also be putting himself in danger quite a bit yeah uh, but yeah is so, awesome man yeah yeah Riker's he seems pretty great. cool yeah he so, cleans up with the ladies uh he's okay like, he's like because like captain kirk in the original series from what i know uh, was kind of the ladies man yeah he was Kevin picard isn't he's very standoffish yeah he's noble good and he just thinks about work all day yeah you know that's Kevin picard so uh Riker is that kind of more um, suave of the two of them as far as like handling situations and looking cool. Yeah. So after that,
1: uh, Jordy is talking to Crusher. And this whole scene is like a device so Jordy can explain how his vision works because he's blind, (laughs) uh, but he has this visor that lets him like see ultraviolet light and, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, And then Data is talking to this admiral who turns out to be Bones from the original series. I had to look this up Mm because I. I had only seen, like, one episode of the original series and didn't know anything about it. And (laughs) Bones is, like, this old Southern guy who says, like, I guess what would be construed as, like, racist comments in the future. Yep. Uh, He's, like, space racist against Vulcans and Mm -hmm. androids. Yeah. And... Data's just like, oh, that's kind of messed up. And then Bones is like, treat the ship like a lady. Does he know he's talking to a robot? Like, <laughs> it seems inappropriate because, like, I'm I'm assuming Data could possibly have some kind of relationship with the ship <laughs> if he was so inclined. And it, we just never see this guy again. And I guess this is a nod, be like, hey guys, we you. This is also Star Trek. Yeah, and- exactly.
0: That's they do that those little cameos and stuff uh, quite a bit throughout the series. They I, use that, that device all the time where there's, like, someone saying there because then all the original series fans, like, let out a big cheer when they see him.
1: Oh, really? But mm-hmm. even though Bones is, like, he's got to be, like, 120 years old at this well, point. Well, that's what
0: right? they, they say. Data says that, like, oh. calls his birthday and says his age. And he's, like, yep, I'm an old man. I've seen a lot. Uh, but, how, so how many of these people are still surviving, like, in, at this point well, in the future? Well, uh, time travel isn't uh, a theory, Jesus Christ! No, Star- are people
1: time traveling from oh. the original series? Well, yeah, into the uh, next generation.
0: There's all sorts of time God, travel. That fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah. What? No, <laughs> it's sorry, exciting. No, that's no. There's alternate dimensions. There's uh, all sorts of things. So, but anyway, um, uh, there are several like cameos like that.
1: Well, I will not be looking forward to them because
0: <laughs> that's. I mean, that's just
1: obvious fan service. Oh,
0: totally. I don't know, and it's great.
1: Yeah, but I don't know anything about the original series, so if yeah. I'm watching this as like on its own. I'm being introduced to this guy for like this two minute scene that to me doesn't make any sense. He's just some old dude Mm -hmm. that says weird shit about Vulcans who I also don't know what that is because, you know, assuming that I'm just watching Star Trek for the first time, I'm like, okay, I guess you hate a thing named Vulcans. I right. All right. Like I know Spock is a Vulcan just because of the cultural uh, references that Star Trek created. But I've never actually seen Star Trek. I don't know why he hates Vulcans. I don't know why he hates androids. And I, I'm assuming I'm never gonna see him again. And I, no, just gone.
0: I don't think you really see him again. Uh, but it, it's funny the reason they made that reference is because data is like as far as like a storytelling device. He's Spock. He's Spock. Yeah. So he's the one trying to understand like human emotion. So he's always commenting on like, how do you feel that way? What do you mean by that? Right? Like he's the mirror holding itself uh, back on okay. human nature. And that's exactly what Spock was.
1: All right. So Bones leaves. Uh, we go back to the bridge and Q reappears on the view screen. This part actually made me laugh, uh, laugh out loud because Worf tries to shoot the screen <laughs> <laughs> and Picard's like, what the fuck are you doing? So, so this
0: is a really fun game to play. Yeah. Uh, watch how often Worf wants to do something and Picard stops him. Yeah. Uh, It's it's like every episode, Worf never gets to do what he wants to do, which is always... A horrible decision. <laughs> yeah. And it's just
1: like, what did you like he's gotta know how this works, right? right. Like he's from the future too. <laughs> he knows what phasers are, he knows what the view screen is. Yeah. Like, what do you think this would accomplish other than just you're pissed at this dude? And first of all, do you think even shooting Q would work? Because he's basically like some kind of god. Yeah. So even if he wasn't just an image on a TV, like <laughs> anyway, it was weird. Uh so Q was like, You got twenty four <laughs> hours to prove yourselves. And Picard is like, you know what? Fuck this whole plot line. We got to finish the mission. He just ignores it. (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah, that's boring. Whatever. We got to do this far point thing. And so they,
0: (laughs) but they're one in the same. Yeah, but he doesn't know that.
1: (laughs) We know that as the viewers. Like, oh, that's probably going to be the mission they're on. He doesn't know like what he's what Q is asking him to do. Right. So he's just, oh, we better do the thing that this episode is about. (laughs) And so they go deal with the Farpoint scenario. Yeah. Riker is like, man, Denim four is pretty weird. Like they got this alien station. It's built out of all this weird shit that we know they don't have. And Troy comes up and gets into Riker's brain and they clearly know each other and had a relationship and Picard either doesn't pick up on this or he says, like, the most inappropriate thing <laughs> that he could possibly say because he's just like, oh, I prefer my officers to know each other's abilities.
0: Which, like... Oh, he knows. See, he's that's just the way he communicates. But he knows. Yeah, but that's the weirdest thing that you could say if you know that these two
1: people have had sex <laughs> and they both work for you.
0: Uh, they'll continue, too. Um, yeah, that relationship, they're the will they won't they are they are they not of the of the show okay mm-hmm. they're the the love interests but And Troy right,
1: Troy can read people's minds basically.
0: She, she can read emotion so she's half betazoid betazoids are these like race of mind like telepaths okay uh, she's only half so she she's less eccentric they're super eccentric beings you meet her mother later um she's great uh she's kind of like Q Q later gets a lot better too Q is a super eccentric personality who's always like trying to teach her He's doing stuff like this yeah. to Captain uh, to Captain Picard, but just in a in a better way. But anyway, um, he's a dungeon master, exactly. Okay. Um, but so Betazoids are like super eccentric beings. Um, so it's, sometimes you see that out of Diana Troy, uh, like she loves desserts, and you'll see like little character devices like that. Okay,
1: yeah. So they go to the station. They talk to Cropler Zorn, and. I, I always think that this name is... Is Grappler a title, or is that just like...
0: I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Okay. It's just weird, because like, I knew this guy in college, uh, and we called him Grappler, uh, because he, like on the first day, he just asked if people wanted to wrestle. <laughs> and, and so anytime I see Grappler Zorn, I'm just like, is that, what is this? Is this a nickname? Anyway, uh, he's really shifty. And they they keep trying to press him on, like, you know, how yeah, weird invasive. it is that he doesn't they, answer anything. they have this space station yeah. and he just doesn't want to answer their questions. Troy senses something bad. She, you know, has that psychic ability and she's like, I sense a deep loneliness or something. Yeah. And Groppler just acts even more shifty.
0: I also love how she starts crying. Yeah. It's like. Is this the first time you've read someone's mind? I know. It seems like yeah.
1: something that she would have to do all the time. Right.
0: She'd be used to it. And again, later in the series, she's used to it all the time. But if for some reason, this episode, this, the pain is so great. It makes her cry and take like six minutes to say. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm not, all right. So I, that's
1: the other thing I wanted to say. This,
0: you could tell a lot of padding. This, this episode. All right. right?
1: <laughs> like, sucks. no, it's so over the top. And it's just yeah. like, oh
0: my God. Well, you're get, not it get away. Away. with. over You're not like, going to get away with the over the top aspects of the show so yeah
1: and it takes forever and just like all right look we get it you read minds
0: (laughs) jesus christ troy do your job like this is your job to read minds (laughs) so when we talked about this beforehand you commented on her outfit right yeah yeah like why does she have Well, if you notice, there are several different versions of the uniform. Like at a certain point, Kevin Card changes his as well. Uh, She changes hers, I believe, in the series three times and a couple times in the movies. Yeah. Uh, So uh, a a woman wearing a a dress is not uncommon in the Star Trek universe. Even in that episode, you see a man walking around. I did see that. So it's just like it's one of the things. So, yeah, because. She's also a Betazoid. Again, back to that. So she's a little more eccentric. So she would dress a little like in a dress or something.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I did notice that about the uniforms. You actually see a couple guys uh, in in the dress. Yeah, I actually uh,
0: think it's the same guy.
1: I oh, think it's it the same be.
0: extra walking by in two different locations.
1: Well, actually, actually, I think that's kind of cool because yeah. we're what Gene Roddenberry I know was trying to do is just like, oh, this is a future where uh, racial differences, right. gender differences, don't matter. Yes, exactly. So it would make sense to see at least a couple guys in a dress, right? Because they wouldn't star trek future they wouldn't give a shit about that
0: right it's it would about be the a fashion normal choice. yeah even their formal attire you'll, you'll see them in their formal uniforms and they kind of look like dresses oh okay
1: yeah. so uh anyway riker is like we're back on the ship again riker's like messing around on the holodeck which is i guess is this thing that it's a narrative device to get you off the ship
0: yeah <laughs> basically dude in season 6 they do a really great holodeck episode okay. teaser uh, if we're still doing this podcast by, by season, season six, 6 uh like 25 or whatever episodes a season. Jesus. <laughs> but very very good one. All right. So he runs
1: into Data. and Data's trying to whistle, he can't. Riker teaches him to whistle, I guess. Uh and they like talk about how Data's an android, he wants to be a human and yeah. Riker is like uncomfortable with androids, which again, I is that like racist in this future because do they have androids just as not a thing. like
0: Data? So Data's okay. pretty unique. There's a couple of brothers. He's got a brother, Lore. Um, he's got another brother in one of the movies. I don't remember his name, but they uh, there's not a lot of them running around because he's basically made by a mad scientist uh, who's who's right. like experimenting. Yeah, is he like Mega Man? <laughs> kind of. I don't want to. So this I want to be careful of because this is super spoiler territory. Oh, okay. Later. All right. But, well, I, I guess uh, I'll find out. But yeah, he has like his creator. Uh, is, is is has made a few versions of him, but he was pretty much alone on this like uh, planet doing it.
1: Oh well. Anyway, Data wants to be human, and then Wesley shows up, and you know falls into some water,
0: which is so funny. So. <sighs> I know I I love Star Trek. Okay, but why does that? Why does Data rush in to save him from the river? It's a fake river. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's in the water now. We got to go save the guy. It's like you could go like, can you die on the holodeck? Like, no, you can get hurt. People get hurt and break arms, but you, arms get repaired like so fast it doesn't yeah. matter. So they play games and stuff where people like break bones, but. Uh, he's not really going to go and drown somewhere. You could just go, like, holodeck off.
1: Well, I think it was just a narrative device to have Data, like, lift him up with one arm and And it's like, oh, Data's super strong, too. And (laughs) She is. Yeah.
0: So... At one point, Data flies through space from one spaceship to another. It's fucking... It's rad. Spoiler. (laughs) Anyway,
1: (laughs) Wesley's, like, bumbling around, and then later... Wesley is, of course, some kind of super genius, and he's, like, talking to his mom about it, like, oh, I want to go to the bridge. And she's like, oh, okay, even though this is a terrible idea because this is a military vessel, right? Like, they the have torpedoes and phasers and stuff on it. Yes. And this kid's, like, wanting to go grab the steering wheel. was <laughs> well, like, no, kid, you can't drive a fucking battleship. You're, like, 12. Yeah. This is a bad idea. And he's like, "No, well, but I want to. I'm a super genius. And... You know, Doctor Crusher's like, oh, okay, fine, and then that scene just ends. Uh, I guess that's some kind of narrative device to prove that oh, this kid is really great. Uh, I don't know if this is some ploy to get kids to watch Star Trek or something, so they can see themselves in there. I would think so. Yeah. Okay, there's well, got
0: a. Uh, it's not the last time you see old Leslie. God damn it! All right,
1: so Geordi and Troy and Riker, they're they're down on the planet. Troy is like, oh, I, I feel pain. And uh Jordy's using his visor to try to sense stuff. They, this, so basically it's saying that this space station, they have no idea what it's made of. Right. They keep feeling some emotional thing right. from it, just trying to say that it's weird.
0: And we- I don't know. What's weird about it? What's no, it no. About- they're, they're, this, I'm saying that this, oh, same, they're, 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 this gotcha, is the gotcha. show
1: trying to say that the space station, there's something up with it. Right. And then on the ship, uh, Beverly shows up with uh, Wesley on the bridge, and Picard's like, don't bring a kid here! He's like, that's a bad idea, and he's totally right. And Wesley's like, oh no, this is my son, and Picard's like, oh, I knew your dad, so Dr. Crusher and Picard clearly have a history. And they let the kid onto the bridge. Uh, and of course, he sits down in the captain's chair, and like, he's fucking with things. And... You know, they get some like perimeter alert, which I guess means that someone is trying to like hail the ship or something, or something is going on. And uh, this weird saucer appears <laughs> and it's like scanning. Okay, hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. We got to back up just a little bit. All right. This whole thing with Wesley and Picard is that uh, Picard, you, you hear him earlier in the he episode. He doesn't like but, kids. Yeah, he we gloss over this. He asks William Riker to help him whenever a kid's around. Because he's a captain and he's just not good dealing with families. You know, yeah. he's just he's not that kind of. It's guy. not his job, yeah. Uh, and so when Wesley comes on, he gets kind of like uncomfortable and snippy with Wesley, as he th- should be, because yeah.
1: it's a child on a battleship bridge, basically,
0: right? But his father was this amazing guy. You, we'll learn more. Oh, about Oh wait, his wait yeah, because so I, I don't I don't anyways. know
1: this. Yeah,
0: uh, when he yells at Wesley on the bridge, as he should have done. <laughs> it's it's the start of this. Uh, uh, relationship this that we're see relationship grow between the two of them because Picard was wrong for yelling at him because no, something was actually no, coming. No, he wasn't. But yeah, it's well, not Wesley. Beverly sh- thought so.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I know, but she was wrong because yeah, you can't. She don't bring her. a little kid onto like this military <laughs> vessel. He, I don't even know why he's on the ship in okay. the first
0: place. Here are children on this ship <laughs> because it's an exploratory mission. It's but it has like mission. weapons and stuff on it. Like, well, right, because you don't know what you're going to encounter when you're deep in space. Okay. It's they're they're meant for defense, not aggression. They have their, they have their primary directive. Prime okay. directive. Prime directive. Me. All Prime right. Directive. All right. It prohibits Starfleet personnel from interfering with the internal development of alien civilizations. But they do that all the time. They do
1: that in this episode. All right. So, no, but right. that's,
0: that's when, cause they reached out. They were talking about having a treaty and a partnership. Okay. Together. Well, that's not the internal operation.
1: Anyway, speaking of that, <laughs> Data and Riker, they're both undented four. Um, and uh, Troy and Geordie come back uh, to the ship. The saucer is like shooting shit at the planet. Right. And it's blowing up the city. Uh, I forget the the they're called bandy. Like, so they're they're hitting the bandy city mm-hmm. and uh, and blowing it up. Uh, Riker and Data then go, like, this is the weird part. This is what I was talking about. Picard is like, hey, Riker, do you want to violate the prime directive? And Riker's like, yeah, sure. And they're like, okay, let's go kidnap the Zorn guy. <laughs> So they go try to kidnap him, and he just disappears uh, when he tries to explain what's going on. Like, he gets beamed up somewhere. It seems like they're about to fire on the saucer, and so then Q shows up out of nowhere. And he's like, ah, I knew you would do this. You're an idiot, Picard. All humans suck. And the Enterprise... So <laughs> no, he
0: wants him to attack. Like right. He's like, shoot so, them, attack.
1: Yeah, he wants him to, like, prove his point. Yeah. Uh, and then the Enterprise loses its controls. So... Riker and Data, they find Grappler Zorn. Uh, you know, he gets transported away, and then, you know, Troy is like, oh, I, I sense satisfaction uh, or something, which is weird, because I, like, when I first watched this, I was like, I have no idea what that means. All right. Uh, but I guess we're about to find out. So Q is, like, rambling on about, like, oh, humans are dumb, blah, blah, blah. And Picard is like, all right, we're going to send a team to that ship. We're going to find out what's going on. So... Uh, I think, like, Troy and Jordy and Riker and Data, like, go to the ship. Mm -hmm. And uh, then there's a scene, this is weird, because that whole action just stops. And we go to the scene where Picard is talking to Dr. Crusher. I kind of feel like this should have happened earlier in the show, because it makes no sense for this to happen now. Like, oh, yeah, my friends are maybe dying. Uh, They're on some weird alien vessel. This planet's getting destroyed. Hey, hey, Dr. Crusher, I don't want kids on the ship. Even though no, there's a bunch of kids on the ship already. But that,
0: that's not what he said. He said if the emotional uh, – of working with me, if, if, if it's too much emotional baggage for you, you can leave. And she was like, no. And then she kind of implied, no, it's your emotional baggage. That's, okay. that's what that conversation was about.
1: It just – it feels weird for this conversation to happen at this point in the
0: okay, story. Okay, yeah, no uh, – agree there's, there's a bunch of other stuff a going little, on there's a little fat in this episode certainly um, but we're, we're setting up backstory for the Picard Crusher thing because he also says I hope we can be friends and she says I, I very well believe we will be well yeah but I- and then they get they drink Earl Grey tea together often later in the show yeah but I- <laughs> I'm just saying I have
1: no problem with this scene it just feels weird that it's placed here when this planet is getting
0: destroyed and they have to deal with it yeah yeah, but they're, they weren't under a red alert yet. It was okay. <laughs> what is time? a red alert if a, a planet al-
1: getting destroyed <laughs> isn't their friends on some weird alien vessel?
0: No, I mean, a red alert is like if the ship was getting shot at.
1: Oh, my God. All right, so <laughs> I've, I I just think this scene should have happened okay. the minute Dr. Crusher got on the ship.
0: Well, uh, that sure, but it was still a, a good, important scene for uh, to set up the relationship later in the series. Now, that actress, whose name is slipping my mind right now, uh, hated her part uh, really this first season. Yeah, she actually leaves for a couple seasons and then comes back uh, because they needed, the character was, like, so poorly written, yeah. she, like, hated doing it.
1: It's, it does seem like there's a lot of one-note things. Yeah, season
0: uh, one, the problem is they're filling, like, the archetypes of the original series, and they're not, like, quite their own characters yet, which makes them not as, it's, it gets so much better as the characters get fleshed out more.
1: Ah, okay. Well, I guess that's reassuring <laughs> because like Worf is just like, oh, he's the angry dude that wants to fight. Yeah. Uh, Tashiar is just like, she just is someone that's been, had a bad childhood yeah. and, you know, Picard is a stoic guy. Data is also the stoic guy. Well, Data lacks emotion. Shorty can't see. I mean, it's just like, it, it feels like there's just a lot of one note mm-hmm. so far. I'm sure it'll get fleshed out.
0: Well, it has to, it lasts for seven seasons. <laughs> if it
1: didn't, man, this yeah. is going to be a rough ride. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they're, uh, they're on the ship. Uh, they find grapplers door and he's like being tickled or something. Uh, he's tortured. And, uh, Troy is like, man, I'm only sensing one, uh, being on this whole vessel. Uh, which is weird because, you know, it's, it's an entire ship. So Q's back on the enterprise. Um, Argues with the captain, and then Troy and all the others suddenly beam back onto the bridge. And they're like, no, the ship itself is the alien. It sent us here. And Q keeps trying to get him to like, you know, fire on the, on the vessel because you know, it's weird and it's shooting at the planet. But instead, Picard orders an energy beam uh, to be sent to the ship because he, he's like, oh, this is a beam that we think transfers energy into matter. I have no idea how he knows this, but they send a beam to the ship. And it turns into a jellyfish
0: what <laughs> no, the fuck no, no. is okay. going on? all right we did, this is again like a let's back up for okay. a the way you're summarizing it, yeah, absolutely. What they do is they discover it's not a spaceship, but it's a living being, and then once they make this discovery, the being reveals its like true self, which happens to look a little bit like a jellyfish. Yeah, but sure. how did they know that because energy would... Because it's like a would, space jellyfish.
1: How did they know that energy would do this?
0: Ah, uh, I don't know. Have they-, they encountered this
1: situation before? Or like, oh, yeah, yeah, you just got to shoot an energy beam at it. It'll turn into a jellyfish. Like, this is a normal thing that happens to them?
0: No, but they knew it consumed energy, and so they fired the energy beam because once it saw us firing... Or, the, us. <laughs> I put myself on the Enterprise. Okay, yeah. Um, but no, but once you see the Enterprise, like feeding it and understanding what it's trying to accomplish it it then like reveals its true identity
1: okay well anyway uh, i I
0: feel like every time i like uh give it some color you're like "Ah, that still makes no sense it it makes no sense to me because
1: like i've never seen this before so i have almost no context um other than the 2009 star trek movie which apparently has nothing to do with this
0: which is a lot different okay
1: uh all I'm seeing is a beam of energy turning a, a flying saucer into a jellyfish. I, and I don't know like, how they would have known to do this. I kind of feel like at this point, they're like,
0: because they knew it wow, converted. Fuck, it's
1: almost 90 minutes. Better end this whole, both of these storylines.
0: No, because they knew it consumed energy. Okay, I'll take your word for it. And the <laughs> they learned that. They revealed that at one point. I think uh, Jordy is like, it's taking this energy and swallowing it at mass amounts. And so then they fed it energy beams.
1: Oh, okay. So they just decided to feed this thing that's yeah. firing on the planet.
0: Well, because they figured out... Have you said this yet? They figured out it, it's a lover was what the space base oh, I, I was. think they
1: find this out after, though.
0: No, they, they already knew.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. No, they knew that... Uh, Cause, yeah, because Zorn, Zorn is
1: on the ship, and he's like not giving them an answer. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, you captured its mate. Yep. Um, and then
0: they blast the energy beam. So then
1: they shoot the energy beam. Yeah. Okay. So they realize now that it makes
0: complete sense. Yeah.
1: Kind of. They, they realize the space station is also a jellyfish. Right. And they shoot energy down to that. It turns into a jellyfish. Uh, it goes off into the sky and it's like holding hands with the other jellyfish. And so like Picard solved the puzzle or whatever. Q is pissed and he's like, ah, I'll, I'll get you later and disappears and he's and I love that when he leaves he says I only leave because it suits me to do so right
0: well because Picard's yelling at him leave get off my ship yeah <laughs> and such a badass response <laughs> that's the first time you see Q actually start acting like Q that's what's so weird about this episode to me is like Q is such a different character yeah in the sh- in the actual show and he's awesome he's kind of like this I don't know kind of like arrogant uh, antagonist to Picard. He's, like, the exact opposite of Picard. Yeah. Uh, and they have this, like, really cool chemistry and relationship. But in this episode, he's not... You know when he puts on, like, the red suit at right. the very end? He's in that, like, every time we see him going he's in forward, a Starfleet he uniform. looks like that is, like, how we see him.
1: Huh. Well, so he just, like, teleports out.
0: Yeah, now and he's I, gone. To, like, some <laughs>
1: other dimension uh, or, or something. The continuum. Yeah, and... Riker and Picard then have this moment where it's like, oh, I hope all of our other missions aren't that. And then Picard's like, no, they're usually much more interesting. I guess setting up that this is going to be like, oh, this is the episodic thing. There's going to be a totally different scenario in the next episode that they'll deal with and probably forget about. And then he ends it on this really cheesy line where he just like leans forward and he's just like, let's see what's out there. (laughs) Which is a weird...
0: Yeah. Weird uh, note to end it on. Yeah, agreed. kind of... Hey, it's setting it up. There's going to be many more adventures to come.
1: Is that trying to, like, reassure the audience in 1987? That, like, <laughs> hey, guys, we're really going to try hard not to get canceled.
0: Yep. I would think so. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a pilot, you know? Uh, yeah. They're trying to get... they are They're hooking you in to tell you there's going to be different wacky adventures like this every time. All right. They're great, yeah. man. I mean, it's kind of... Each one, they all follow a very similar structure to this. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I know that I focus on a lot of
0: negatives. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the, but, of the episode? Um,
1: you know, I, I would have to say that I do kind of like Data for as as goofy as the character kind of comes across. I, I actually think it's kind of interesting that like, oh, he... Honestly, wants to be human, and, that, and I think it's a good narrative device to explain like which I guess what you're supposed to do in Star Trek is like it's kind of weird that humans do this shit, isn't it? And so they will have to constantly explain things to data.
0: Uh, well, teaser, you're gonna love when he does stand up comedy. Oh God,
1: <laughs> no! I've heard about this episode. That's the one with Joe Piscopo. Yeah,
0: uh, I've of- seen
1: clips of this. It's it's terrible. Uh, well, but I probably will love it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like the holodeck, but I kind of understand why they got to have it because uh, you can't have all the episodes on the ship all the time. And if they would constantly be going down to planets and stuff, it would mess with uh, the prime directive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing that I thought was weird though is that whole thing about oh, isn't it weird that this planet always has things that you want like that apple or that fabric in the mall? That whole thing was just dropped. Yeah, it's true. They never brought that up again. Well, And it was such a huge setup that it was like, oh, that's what this is going
0: to be about. Right. And they just, oh, oh no, it's a jellyfish. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's where I'm a little confused in this episode. Who was providing those things? Is it coming from the one that? Yeah, captured? Yeah, I have no idea. But then if it's captured, was the jellyfish doing it? Or was the one that attacked them later? Yeah. Right. It's That part's a little confusing. It,
1: I, we know that it, uh, it changes energy into matter, but right. what does this have to do with it reading their minds and like providing stuff to Riker or Dr. Crusher. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. Why did that? Did, did anyone like watch this? And it's just like, well, we should probably cut that part out. Cause that doesn't have anything to do with the conclusion of this episode. It feels like something that was in a first draft that yeah. got changed.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? This is a great time to ask our listeners to help us out with this, okay, right? Like yeah. if you guys understand if anyone that knows part, more
1: about star Trek than me, which you probably do. Yeah. Can you explain why this was still in there?
0: Right. And if you, if we do get, um, uh, an email or whatever, a tweet, uh, explaining explain this, we will read it on the next podcast yep. and we'll, we'll discuss anything here that we got wrong or didn't really understand. We'll, we'll probably that a lot end. that I got wrong. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, I want to be clear. Too, yeah. Like, I don't think this was a bad show. I enjoyed good. it. Good, good. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I just thought it was a little strange. It's, it's a weird one and they get, they're not scared to go there. Yeah. They have this episode. I kind of love it. Uh, Where they just go in a time loop the whole episode. So you're watching the same, uh, like, five minutes play out over and over and over again. And, like, uh, when they're not afraid to play with all sorts of um, space, time, um, uh, gravity, (laughs) everything they'll they'll play with and change, which is neat.
1: Which, to be honest, like, anytime I say something like, man, it's weird that this got made, I don't mean that as a bad thing. Yeah. I'm glad that weird shit gets put on TV and becomes popular, you know? And I think Star Trek is a pretty good example of that yeah. because if you explain to someone, like, imagine that it didn't exist. Imagine this show being pitched. <laughs> you would never expect that it would become, right. become like this cultural touchstone that it is. Right. And especially me, like, coming and watching uh, The Next Generation for the first time, it's weird to think that this got really
0: popular and got, like, eight movies made. Oh, yeah. Some of them are good some of them are not I've very heard good. some of them are really bad. Yeah. Well, the last one, Nemesis, uh uh left a little to be desired, I would say. Um uh the same guy who plays um oh, shit. Bane in uh Batman. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is the bad guy Nemesis? in Nemesis, yeah, which that. is kind of cool. And he's he's the clone of John Luke Picard. Whoa. Ooh. Well But that's the very last thing they've made in this series. So big teaser. When we get to that in seven years <laughs> seven from years. now, yeah. <laughs> well, well, cool. Um, yeah. So I, I'm,
1: I'm not entirely sure how this got made, mm-hmm. but I'm glad it did. Yeah. I thought it was okay. There, there were a couple like rough edges, of course. And it was very strange, but I don't know. I it, thought it, I thought it was all right. I give it a B. You give it a B? Yeah. Uh,
0: for me, on my, I give it. I I set it to stun. To stun <laughs> set episode. it to stun is yeah. that how we're doing this yeah i'm gonna set it yeah if it's a good one it's set to kill all right okay
1: But well, see i have no idea what the settings are oh, on the phasers so i most stun. Of time,
0: most of the time they're set on stun okay uh that's so people don't die but every once in a while in like really tense situations it's like set to kill
1: okay yeah
0: all right so we'll say it's set to stun this one was a set to stun episode yeah all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, well, is there anything below stun
0: uh, I you don't even take the phaser out. Oh, wow. Okay, is <laughs> <laughs> leave it in the holster. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess I can I can agree with that. It wasn't great. Yeah.
0: It was okay. There's it, a couple leave it in the holsters in y- season. One, okay. Though.
1: Yeah. I think we might be getting up to that one. Maybe the next one.
0: Right. Well, I'm excited for the next one. This is really a, a great idea, Patrick. All right. I want to show you something. I save this till the end of the episode. Um, but I'm gonna try to wear the same shirt every. The Star Trek every- Enterprise shirt. <laughs> Every time we do this podcast, I'm going to be doing it in a semantic drawing of the Enterprise. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure uh,
1: <laughs> the listeners who cannot see this really appreciate it. Oh, that. they love it. They love- <laughs> This
0: is like my joke for you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for, I guess, agreeing to get me into this. Uh, very oh, yeah, man. Welcome. Very, very impassioned fandom yeah. that I know nothing
0: about. Well, I was like making all these jokes to you. Like, we've played uh, uh, tabletop role playing games yeah. together. We've done a lot of stuff. So I just casually threw around a bunch of Star Trek references, and, and I, I like I know what the references are, but I've <laughs> never actually like seen it. Yeah. So well, now you'll see all of them, and I'll go through. I pretty much just finished rewatching all of Next Generation, Good and it's God. so funny that I'm going back to do it again. This is
1: not a thing that is like conducive to binge watching no that's that's quite a feat
0: i've watched like six in a row sometimes on like a sunday or something dang yeah well it's just it's just rolling they're great
1: yeah they're great to go to sleep to, as you (laughs) said
0: yeah well anything else we gotta do before we get out of here
1: uh no uh but i would like to say that if anyone listening is like super into star trek yeah and would like to yell at me uh for not knowing what the hell i'm talking about but still having very strong opinions about it feel free yeah. uh that's what this is all about
0: exactly that's a, that's a great a great point really what we want to do is be able to talk about these episodes with everybody so uh you can yell at me at pat likes to tweet that's an easy place to yell at me
1: yep uh, you can yell at me
0: at patrick winniger uh just one word on twitter yeah uh and i think that's it right yep yep check out peaches and hot sauce uh Thanks for listening. Uh, let's boldly go where no one's gone before. Yeah,
1: I, I, let's see what's out there.
0: Okay, I love that. Let's see what's out <laughs> I, there.
1: Does he only say that once? He does. Okay,
0: uh, he does say "make it so." Let's end on that. All right, yeah. all right, make it so. All right. Peaches, hot sauce. Peaches.